Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is so good to see you. I'm not even kidding. You know, some people lie when they say that. I'm not lying this time. (laughs) Okay, guys, come on, lighten up a little bit there. You're scaring me. There we go. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you very much. Today we're starting a brand new series that I'm so excited about. It's called Bless This Home. And uh, let me ask this question. How many of you would say, you know what, I really want God to bless my home? Let me see your hand. Okay, great. All right, well, I can continue because if no one raised their hand, I was just going to go home, all right? So we're glad that you're interested in this topic. But I want you to notice this as that the, uh, the title of the message, notice what it says, how to ensure God's blessing over my home. Let me give you a little bit of background, and we'll get right into it. Jesus uh, was teaching, and he did his greatest teaching in, a, in a, uh, what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. What is that? That's when Jesus said, hey, okay, I'm going to teach you something, but I'm going to go up on this mountainside over here, and, and if you want to go with us, Rhonda and I actually visited this area when we was in Israel. If you want to go, if you want to hear some good teaching, what I got to say, come climb the mountain with me. So here's the deal. The lazy people didn't get it. The lazy people didn't get it. So he climbs the mountain, and he begins to teach what we was called the Sermon on the Mount, and it starts in Matthew chapter 5, and it's called, this section is called, the Beatitudes, okay? And so Jesus begins to say, it's the it's section of the Bible where it says, you know, blessed are you if you do this. Blessed are you if you do this. Blessed are you if you do this. And so this is a section we want to talk about over the next couple of weeks. So going through your outline now, we see in, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus begins and he says this. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now when I say, when he says Poor in spirit, really, my mind and your mind races to, huh? What what is he really saying here? So I love the contemporary English version because it breaks it down for you. Look what it says. It says this. God blesses those people who what? Who depend. Shout that out. Who do what? Who depend. God blesses those people who depend only on him. He goes and says this. They belong to to the kingdom of heaven. What he was saying is this, is if you want to be blessed by God and you want God's blessing over your home, then you have to rely on God. That's it. Rely on God. Now, how many of you, let me ask this question, how many of you wish that right now that somebody in your family would straighten out? Let me see your hands. Okay. Great. Okay, that's the majority of us too. All right, 85% wish somebody would straighten up. And so I know if, if you, had, you wish they were here so I could straighten them out for you, right? Okay, yes. Tell them, Pastor. What I want you to know is that if you want them to get better, and you want things to get better on your job, in your home, whatever, then you get better. You get better. When you get better, it brings everybody else up. You understand that, right? So I want to encourage you today, you focus on you. 
And so Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit are those that actually are depending on God. Bless those people. They will be blessed. Now let me tell you the one thing that robs us of God's blessings. Are you ready for this? The one thing that robs us of God's blessing is being so busy. When we're so busy doing it all ourselves, we don't depend on God's Spirit, and instead of being blessed, we are stressed. I've heard this saying. You ever heard this saying, I'm too blessed to be stressed? You ever heard that? That's baloney. Every person in this room has experienced stress. I understand what the cliche is supposed to mean. I understand it, but I'm just telling you, to live in a world where you're never stressed is heaven, and we're not there yet. So we're going to experience stress. And so today I want to share with you some things that I think will help you. God's been talking to me about, about that will help us be better people and help our families to get better. So look at the point with me. Here's what I wrote down. That if you don't get anything else, get this day. You ready to look what it says? It's on the screen behind me. Being too busy robs my family of what? Come on, now I want you to say this with confidence. I want you to read this like you're telling me. Like, I better get this point. You ready? Come on, shout at me. You ready? Here we go. Being too busy robs my family of God's blessings. So we're too busy, it robs our family of God's blessings. Okay, before I give them to you, I'll give you one more thing. You see this book I hold in my hand? This is the Bible. It's God's Word written down. This is what God thinks. Now, I want to tell you the reason that we go to this is because when you live by God's Word, you have what's like, a, you know, if you're working, it's like security, uh, you know, like a, 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 you know, like people that work in a high buildings or whatever, they have these security devices that they clip on them, you know, these safety devices. Well, God's Word is like a safety device for our world. When I was a teenager, I worked after school at a cabinet shop. And I learned a lot about all those machinery. They all had a lot of safety devices on them. A lot of them were frustrating to work with. And uh, I was in that uh, shop one day working, and uh, all of a sudden I heard some of the go- someone yell, Hey! And someone had cut their fingers off. As we researched, as, as, you know, after we took care of them or whatever, we found out what happened, that person had decided that they would remove the device that was the safety device that would protect them. And that person that did that probably had done that a hundred of other times and never had a problem, but they kept removing the safety device, which our employer said, never do that, never do that. And so they just thought they were bigger than that. And finally, one day, the pro, the person that was the expert, made a mistake, cost him his fingers. You see, when you live by God's word, It's like a safety device around you that protects you. It blesses you. It keeps you going in the right path. But when you remove it, the first time that you do it, it may not hurt. The second time or the fifth time or the 100th time, but sooner or later, it will get you. So today we want to talk about some things that will help you and will bless your home. So would you write this down with me? The first one I'd like to give you is the letter R is rest. There's three R's, by the way. The word rest. We write that down. What I want you to know is that it's important for us to rest. When we do not rest, we get out of rhythm. Get out of rhythm. You know, everything, God created order, he created rhythm. You know, like there's 24 hours in a day, there's daylight and dark, you know, there's four seasons. Your heart is beating to a rhythm right now. 
And listen, if you want some problems, you let that heart get out of rhythm and you have all kinds of problems. Uh, that's why they install like pacemakers or whatever so that they can uh, uh, shock your heart to get it back in rhythm because once your heart gets out of rhythm, it's, it's a mess. And so God wants your life to be lived in rhythm. And here's the rhythm that God wants in your life. God wants you to worship. He wants you to work. He wants you to rest. He wants you to play. So it's worship, work, rest, and play. Worship, work, rest, and play. You ready? Come on, now I want to teach you this little rhythm. You ready? Here we go. It's worship, work, rest, and play. Worship, work, rest, and play. Okay, now let's put our hands together and try that little tune right there, right? Ready? Here we go. Come on. It's just silly, but hey, the reason I do this silly, crazy stuff, you don't forget the stupid stuff I do, which means you retain 90% of what I talk about. <laughs> Here we go. Come on. You ready? Here we go. It's Worship, work, rest, and play. Worship, work, rest, and play. Worship, work, rest, and play. Now you do it. You ready? Come on. I, I didn't even hear you. One more time. Here we go. Come on. You do it. Say it out loud. Here we go. Worship. Congratulations. You did a great job. That's right. Give yourselves a hand. My wife is not in here right now, but she would be so thrilled that I stayed on beat. Okay? Because my rhythm is pretty bad. So I want to say that's what God wants. He wants rhythm in your life that he creates that. And that's why God created the, the Sabbath day. Now let me ask you a question. Which one of the Ten Commandments do you think it's okay to, to get rid of and, and not practice? Which one? Okay, adultery, do you say, okay, we can just do that one. Killing, what about that? What about killing? Do you think we should get rid of that one? Which, which one do you think is not important? Which, which one is not important? They're all important, right? You know what? There's one in there. One, one, number four comes in that we all have a tendency to get rid of. Look what it says. In Exodus 31, when God was given the Ten Commandments, this is what he said. He said, the Israelites are to, be, to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come, as long, uh, to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he what? He rested. And when he rested, he was what? Oh. Now, God, okay, wait a minute. Hold, look here. If God needs a day off, God created the whole universe. And the Bible said he, rest, he rested, and then God, he said he was refreshed. You know what that word refresh literally means? It means he exhale. <sighs> Done. Relax. Let it go. Therapy. In order for us to function, we have to have a day of rest. We have to have rest for our body. Now, I know that you're Superman and Superwoman, and, and you can fly, and, but I'm going to tell you, one day Superman will lose his cape. And you're going to crash. God says we need to rest. And it's a commandment. So, thinking about that, also when you don't take a day of rest, you know what happens with you? Is you become very vulnerable to sin. When you are tired, when you're sick and tired. Have you ever heard that line? I am sick and tired. Oh, my grandmother used to throw that line on me. I knew it was what was coming next. She was going to pull out her little hickory, you know. <laughs> Many of you never had a little hickory, a little switch. Oh, Jesus. 
she said, I'm sick and tired of you boys doing this, and, and I'm going to straighten this out. And what she meant was she was emotionally drained. I am tired. I'm sick. I, I'm not making good decisions now. So the only thing I know to do is punish you. And when you get sick and tired, when you get tired, you're actually sick. You don't make good decisions when you're tired. And when, you, and when you're tired all the time and you keep making bad decisions, then guess what? You're going to have bad outcomes. You know that the majority of us in this room are, would classify or be qualified for uh, the classification of, of insane? The majority of us. You know why that is? Because insanity is this, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I'm doing this, I do the same thing, and I don't know why my life is not getting better, because we don't do it God's way. We have to learn to rest. It's important. You become vulnerable to sin, and you're, you become angry and agitated, and people don't like to be around you when you're tired all the time, because you're ill. Pain in a rump. Okay, let's move on. So, I want you to say this with me. You Ready? I am my best, go ahead, when I have rest. Come on, one more time. I am my best when I have rest. Ron and I just got back from this uh, mini sabbatical, three weeks off. You know what happened during that time? My blood pressure dropped 20 points. Dropped 20 points. And she sure did enjoy being around me. Because I wasn't ill. I wasn't tired. I learned how to rest. Okay, remember what our point is? Being too busy robs my family of what? Come on, shout it out. Being too busy robs my family of what? God's blessing. God's blessing. That's right. That takes us to number, the next R, and that word is replenish. Replenish through worship. I got to tell you this, you know, the devil hates you. He doesn't like you. He wish right now that you would deny God, die, and go to hell. That's what he wants for you. And he would do everything in his power right now to get you to say, you know what, I don't believe Jesus came to earth. I don't believe in any of that. Denounce God. That's what he would do if he could. But you know what? He's smarter than that. He knows he cannot get you to do that. Because many of you sitting in this room right now would literally die for your faith, like me. You would. So he knows he can't do that. So he's got to try another strategy. You know what his other strategy is? Is to get you so busy. Get you so busy that you lose focus of your faith. And by doing that, you release that. And you start living a life of stress and worry. And guess what? He's killing you slowly. And me slowly when we do that. This is what I've discovered in my life. Is that in order to replenish, I have to engage God's presence through worship, and when I engage God's presence through worship, guess what? I disengage from stress. When you, when you engage God's presence through worship, then automatically you begin to disengage stress. You know, that's why that worship is healthy for you. Look what the scripture says in Psalms 16, it says this, you make known to me the path of life, you will fill me with what? With joy. How does he fill you with joy? In your, in your presence. When you begin to say, God, 
I know this world is going crazy. God, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. I don't know what's going to go on with my husband or my wife. I'm not sure about my job. I'm not sure about my children. I'm not sure about my parents, my teacher, my professor. I'm not sure. But God, I, I know that you're God. And I want you to know, in all of this, I still honor and worship you. I believe you are, you are who you say you are. I believe you can do what you say you can do. I know you got me. I know you've covered me. I know you got angels around me God I know and I believe that you are God and when you do that stress breaks the chains of stress break from you and all of a sudden you are filled with a presence and that presence is joy if you have no worship in your life you'll have no joy in your life and you'll be stressed out it's when you worship God that he fills you up I say practice worship. Replenish your soul. You see, when the physical is running out, when the physical is outrunning the spiritual, you have a breakdown. That's why I would say this, listen. You know that in our generation now that there's more kids that are suffering with tension headaches, ulcers, and all that. Why? Because they're so busy. They're so busy. We keep them running all the time. Why? Because we want them in everything. I'm going to tell you, it's a sad day, and I just don't even think it's right. I don't think that an elementary student should have to have a day planner. I'm sorry. You know, oh, well, let me see. Okay, well, on Monday afternoon, I, you know, I, I've got the soccer, I've got ballet, I've got this. Well, on, on Tuesday now, well, I'm doing pretty good. Well, Tuesday, you know, I, I've got uh, football now, and on Wednesday, well, I can't really do anything on Wednesday because i got this. Are you kidding me? Many of you just got stressed by me saying all that, didn't you? Feel it. Listen, a child doesn't know how to say no. So that's why God gave them parents to be the mean person now that they can be the respected person when they become adults. See what I'm talking about? That's a parent's job. You know, don't expect your kids to like you right now. I don't, you know, when my kids are growing up, you know, I didn't, I, I was like, hey, you don't have to like me. That's all right. I can accept. If you don't like me, that's okay. But when you get about 25 and 30, I hope you respect me. You see, and that's what we're trying to do as Christ followers. I read a story this week of some missionaries that were going to Africa, and they were a medical team, and they were, uh, so once they landed, they had a five-day journey to wherever they were going into the bush to uh, supply the medical stuff that needed to be done. And so the plane landed. They got them uh, some guides that would go and help them, you know, uh, to get there. And so they took off, and they were tracking along, and they traveled hard for three days. They got up on the fourth day. The missionary's like, okay, let's go. And then they noticed that all the guides were not packing up anything. They were not doing They were laying around. They're like, what, what's wrong with you? We got to go. And they said, We have been traveling so hard for the last three days. Today we will not travel. It will be a day of rest because our soul has to catch up to our body. How many of you right now, if you were honest, your body's outrunning your soul? It's outrunning your soul. Man, today you need to let your stop and rest that your soul can catch up with your body. You know the best thing that some of you can do today? 
is cancel your afternoon plans and go home and take a nap. The most spiritual thing some of you, I'm serious, the most spiritual thing that some of you can do, and I tell you on the way out of the other services, there's a men that come by and high-five me. <laughs> Pastor, thank you. I'm going home to take a nap. I'll be the cause of all kinds of problems. Look at the 23rd Psalm. Remember the 23rd Psalm? It's the most famous psalm of all. It says, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me do what? Come on, shout it. He makes me do what? Makes me lie down in green pastures. In other words, I don't, if David said, you know, I just lay before the Lord, he didn't say that. He said, I have to be made to lie down. That's why some of you get so sick sometimes. Just think about it, just, just, just for a moment. You keep going, going until, until you just can't go anymore. Your body just begins to shut down. And maybe it's God's way of saying, you need to lie down. Because, you see, sometimes the only time that God can talk to some of us is when we're laying flat on our back. Lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Look what he goes on to say. I love this part. He leads me beside the quiet waters. And would you, would you shout out these next four words with me? Come on, you ready? Here we go. He restores my soul. Why does God want you to be still? Replenish. He wants to restore you. Remember that, how good it was when you, when you first become a believer? And it was so fresh and new. And God says, I want to give you that all over again. I want to restore your soul. I want to restore your soul. Okay, are you ready for this? You ready to get mad at me? Okay, I'm going to give you permission. Just get mad at me. I'm going to tell you like I used to tell my children. You know what? You don't have to like me right now. If God is going to restore you and renew you, you've got to have a time to turn it off. I want to introduce you to some of you mistress, your mistress, and tempting to be mine, this thing called a smartphone. Oh, now just wait a minute now. Hold on. I haven't got to the good stuff yet, so if you're already mad, just hold on. This thing that I hold in my hand is killing relationships because it's hard to have a conversation with a spouse or a child or a, or a close friend while you have this thing on, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. You know what? I see marriages that are falling apart. And I'll watch one spouse, they'll say, okay, we're going to try to make this a little better. So they'll try to do, you know, some romantic stuff. They'll try to, you know, go on a date. And when they're out there in the middle of trying to, you know, go on a date and, and be kind, well, guess what? Every time they do that, their spouse picks up their mistress. Oh, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, I got, I got a message on Facebook. Susie went to the bathroom. Woohoo! Who cares? It gets a little better. And God forbid if you're sleeping with it. Uh-oh, wait a minute now. I talked to one lady one time. She said, my husband sleeps with his phone. I said, oh, my God. 
Well, there's there's a problem in our there's a problem there's a problem in our home. We are we we're not we're disconnected. We're never together anymore. Well, listen, if you're gonna try to be Mr. Romantic or Miss Romantic, you can't do it with somebody in between you. Why don't you turn the stupid thing off and learn how to be lovers again? Pastor, that's just good preaching. I want to tell you that. Amen. Thank you. I'm as serious as a heart attack. This is something that I've struggled with that I've had to work on. You've got to pick a time. What time is your time in the evening? You're going to turn it off. People will respect you more. You just leave a voicemail on your phone that says, listen, you know what? You've reached a voicemail of so-and-so. If, seven, if it's after 7 o'clock in the evening, 6 o'clock in the evening, you pick the time. I will call you first thing in the morning. They will respect you. Now, how do you do that? Because how do you turn your phone off when you have children? Here's what you do. When Rhonda and I was going on this mini sabbatical, I had to figure this out because, you know, we were going to be gone, but we wanted to make sure that our kids could get in touch with us if they needed to. So we went to Verizon, and I said, what is the cheapest phone you got? Well, we said, well, you know, you got a smartphone. I said, I want a dumb one. I want a dumb phone. So they gave me a little old flip phone. The best thing in the whole world. My kids have that number. And my parents have that number. And uh, Tawny Keller here has that number for an emergency. Outside of that, nobody else has that number. And guess what? So I turned this smart, dumb thing off for three weeks, put that phone in my pocket, and guess what? Rhonda and I had a wonderful time. When we do date nights now, you know what we do? Turn those things off, that thing on. And so we can be at peace. The best thing that you may can do for your family is go find you a little track phone or something for about $10 and turn everything else off at 7 o'clock at night. If anybody else needs you to support it, they can call the other line. Maybe on your day off on Sunday. Some of you right now, your phone's on and you're, in, you're being distracted right now for God's trying to speak to you, but he can't even talk to you on Sunday. Why? Because something's buzzing on your rear. I got something buzzing back there. What is it? Some people are going to think you got another problem. That keeps going on. I'm ask you to get up and leave. Okay. You get the point? The Bible says this in Psalms 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. That simply means letting go. Letting go. Matter of fact, I would say this. You cannot, and disengaging is what allows you to passionately re-engage. Disengaging. Some of you are blowing your spouse's phone up. You're worrying them to death. You say, well, why come they don't have nothing to say when I get home? Because you called them 15 times a day. You see, as long as you're constantly interrupting them, then when they get home, they, they haven't disengaged. Let them disengage and then re-engage, and you'll find some magic. Some of you need to just re-engage, period. Now, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about marriage. All right, so I'll move on. That's why David said this in Psalm 122. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because it replenishes my soul when I worship. Those of you that, that, those of you that come in late, and by the way, if you come in late to the 12 o'clock service, come on. I mean, just come on. 
Those of you that come in late and say, you know what, I'm just going to get there when the preaching starts. Well, listen, you're missing it because it's worship. We want to worship God. We want to lift Him up. And we have a wonderful band and praise team that, that leads us into God's presence and lift Him up. Because when you lift God up, He lifts you up. When you, you say, God, I honor you, you worship God, then guess what? He lifts you up spiritually. He fills you with joy. He fills you with joy. Today, if you're not a Christ follower, you say, what is a Christ follower? A person that, that follows God. Jesus, what he says, we do. If you're not that person, I want to invite you to say today, to simply say a prayer. It's inside of your program. You don't need me to read it to you or say it to you. You can do it yourself. You don't have to raise your hand. I just ask that you read this prayer and you mean it in your heart. And God will save you. And you'll become a Christ follower. The only thing I ask you to do is check it on the back of your connection card so that we can pray for you this week. Okay, remember our point again? Remember, being too busy robs my family of what? God's blessing. That takes us to the last R. The last R I'd like to share with you is reprioritizing what's important. So we're going to rest, we're going to replenish, and we're going to reprioritize what's important. Look what Jesus said. This is our memory verse, by the way. Matthew 16, Jesus said this. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their what? Come on, shout to that. Forfeit their what? Their soul. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their what? Soul. I want to challenge you with something today. I want you to take a field trip. I want you to take, I want you, if you have a family, I want you to take them on this field trip. It's not to Six Flags, the World of Cope, or uh, the Aquarium, or even Disney World. It's none of that. I want you to take your family on a field trip to the dump. To the dump. Here's why. Everything that you're working so hard for, everything, you know, the, those, those, ni those nicer clothes you got to have, those, those golf clubs you got to have, you know, uh, those trophies that your kids have to have, all of those things that you're killing your family for, that's killing your marriage, it's killing your home, all those things are going to end up in the dump. They're going to end up there. Just think about it. Everything that you say, I've got to have it, I've got to have it, we've got to accomplish this, we've got to do it. Everything that you're working so hard for that's breaking up homes and it's breaking up marriages, it's breaking up friendships, it's breaking it all up because we're working so hard for stuff that one day is going to end up in the dump. It would be the best field trip that you could ever take. It's just a reminder, all this stuff is going to pass away. It ends up in the dump. So we have to reprioritize. I want to challenge you to do that. I want you to take a lesson from the gardener. You know, the, the guy that's growing up, the apple trees and all that, he has to make sure to do something every year. You know what that is? He goes in and prunes those trees. And when he prunes them, it makes room for growth. In your life right now, in the name of Jesus, I challenge you to go home this afternoon and write down what you have to do. Not what you're doing, but what you have to do. 
And then prioritize that. Don't try to keep doing everything you do. That means you've got to cut some things out for your spiritual life to grow, for your family to grow closer. You've got to stop some things. Let it happen. Watch love grow again. Wouldn't it be great to sit across from the table from your husband or wife and all of a sudden that sparkle that hadn't been there in a long time, see it. Wouldn't it be great to sit down with your kids and enjoy a good conversation? It only happens when we prioritize. And God needs to, has to be first in that, in our priorities. Look what the scripture says. Jesus said this, Matthew 6, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This is what I want you to know. If you don't pursue God's holy way, God's righteous way, you will settle for an unholy way. If you're not pursuing God first, then you will settle for a substitute that's unholy. Today, I want to challenge you. If you take your card out here, on the back of that, it says this. It says, I will do my best to prune my schedule this week. Would you mark that box so I can pray for you? Because I know the devil is going to fight you. The last one is this. says, I will attend the rest of this series as much as possible. Will you check that box? Because God wants to speak to you. It's time for communion. We're going to have Holy Communion together. This time of communion is a special time. It's for believers. And today, I pray that uh, if you did not receive a communion cup, that you just raise your hand, our ushers will bring you one. We want everybody to participate that wants to. So just raise your hand, hold it up, and they'll get it to you. But I want you to, as we begin to sing this first part of the song, I want you to remain seated. And I want you to just reflect on your spiritual life. And before we receive communion, I want you to make sure that everything's all right between you and God. Would you do that as they sing? Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdawes at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week. And join us again soon.